0: here you know as uh, as a pastor you know we've got a lot of uh, responsibilities uh for uh, the church and and uh to assist people and to help people but this one particular verse I'll, i like uh, in second corinthians 124 this is talking about paul and his relationship to the corinthians he says not that we have dominion over your faith and so you, of course we could preach a long time over that you know I, as the pastor of the church i do not have dominion over your faith right uh, you know, back in the 80s, anybody remember the 80s, right? There's kind of a dark time in for the doctrine of the church. But there was a lot of uh, discipleship, remember? Discipleship movement in the 80s. And and uh, you had to go to the pastor and get approval for everything, right? What kind of car are you going to buy? Who are you going to marry? And What uh, what job are you going to take? Uh, anybody in, was involved in a church like that? Uh, oh, y'all missed it. You were involved in church. Oh, yeah, there you go, right? You got had to get a mother, may I, for everything that you did, right? Uh, and so... And a lot of it came out of, uh, of some ministers out of Florida, uh, and it was really out of balance there. So we don't have dominion over your faith. That's what the Word of God says, right? So if the Word of God says, I don't have dominion over your faith, you know what? I don't have dominion over your faith, right? I mean, it's pretty simple. Uh, but it says that But we are helpers of your joy. Uh, and so part of my responsibility is to help your joy, right? And I think that's a pretty good responsibility, right? I can help you have joy uh, in your life, amen? Now, some people, I mean, you'll preach for them for thirty years and they'll never have joy. But uh, some people, they'll get it, right? Some people, they'll they'll move from wherever they were to having joy in their life. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, and and part of my job is to help you to obtain joy. Amen. Uh, and that's real joy, joy from the inside, right? Joy is uh, is uh, outward. Uh, one definition is it's an outward expression of an inward hope. Uh, and so, uh, and I and I consider that a a, a very real responsibility on my part to help your joy right i'm helpers of your joy uh, and this is for by faith you stand uh, and so i have great confidence that the people in the churches have faith and that they can use their own faith to stand amen uh, and that uh, we have the ability to be successful in all that we do and standing against the workers of the enemy standing against our own thought life standing standing against the people that try to bring harm to our lives that uh, we can stand amen Uh, because you know the the one of the things that that makes people the the maddest is when they can't cause you to fall Uh, and when they when the enemy and sometimes the enemy uses people uh, but when the enemy causes uh, or encourages uh, people to try to harm other folks and cause them to stumble in their faith or cause them to fall in their faith uh, but if you stand by faith then um, you know that just hair lips the devil he's not happy about that at all amen and one of the great ways to, to, uh, to stay in your faith and standing is to be full of joy. Amen. It's hard to be unhappy in depression if you're full of joy. Amen. Uh, and so, um, so that, that's a responsibility. I, th- I think that's a great, uh, uh, a great responsibility for the pastor to help your joy. And so um, we'll keep on doing that. Amen. Uh, well, why don't we stand and greet other for just a minute, and we'll get into praise and worship. Be honored. Father, we look to you for our help and our guidance, for our protection, our wisdom. Father, all that we are comes from you. Father, you created everything that we see. You created everything that's unseen, Father. All of our spirits, Father, you said that you are the Father of spirits. Father, we thank you that you are the great God of faith. We choose to live by faith. Your word says, Father, that by faith we stand. Father, that means we have the right and the privilege to never fall, Father. Never fall to sin. Never fall to to destruction. Father, whatever comes into the earth, Father, by faith we can stand. Father, we have great victory. Thank you, Father. Great victory, Father, in the name of Jesus. Great overcoming, Father, in the name of Jesus. Great healing, Father thank you father all the greatness father of you is wrapped up in the precious name of Jesus that name father is great that very name father will cause every knee to bow just because of a name father where the name is spoken father knees bow so father we thank you for that great name of Jesus so, Father, we commit on our hearts to pray for our brothers and sisters, Father, that are in the country of the Ukraine. Father, to speak to them, to lead them and guide them, Father, to show them, Father, what they should do, to show them, Father, where they should go, to show them, Father, how they should act. We, we ask you, Father, to release your angels to protect them, Father. Father, you said that you'd give your angels charge over us, Father, to keep us in all of our ways. And, Father, you didn't constrict that to just times of peace father but in times of war father even that you'll guard your children with your angels father and that there will be a distinction between the children of God and the rest of the people father that your children will be safe protected father and for the rest of them father we ask you for your mercy to extend the the hand of mercy father to them father innocent people don't need to die for no cause So, Father, we ask you to extend mercy into the people, Father, of that country, all of the people of the Ukraine. And, Lord, those that that, that are conscripted by the rulers, Father, of the enemy, to fight a war, Father, that is not in their hearts. We'd ask you, Father, to help them, encourage them, Father, to stand against the evils, to stand, Father, firm against the request to do evil in the world. Father, we thank you. We know, Father, that you said in your word that as wars and rumors of war begin in the earth, you always encourage us, Father, to to look up for our redemption draws nigh. Father, we will not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but we will pray, Father. We thank you that, that your will will be accomplished in the earth, that men will come into the kingdom of heaven, And your kingdom will be advanced, Father. And so, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for these things, Father. For that great name. That great protection of that name. Father, we give you all the praise and the honor for these in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? He's good all the time. Amen. We appreciate his goodness and kindness. and. We thank you for that. Amen. So I, I thought that we would have finished up the uh, uh, teaching on the will of God last week. But I, there was a couple more things that uh, it was just in my heart to go over. And so we'll just uh, we don't have to be anywhere, do we? Right. So uh, all is well. Amen. And so let's uh, turn over to Colossians chapter one. We'll just start there today. That's been our um, kind of a foundation scripture there that we've uh, been using. And so here we are in Colossians 1.9, it says, For this cause we also, since today we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Uh, and so we know, of course, there's a lot of things about the will of God that you could discuss. You know, uh, There's two things that are important to know about the will of God. First of all, what is the will of God? What is it that he wants you to do? But the second part that's important is when does he want you to do it? Right? Uh, and so it's our responsibility as Christians to find out both of those things. And if He said He would fill us with the real knowledge of His will, then that means the knowledge of His will is on the inside of us. Amen? It's not on the outside of us. It's not in the mailbox. It's not in the email. It's on the inside of us. He's going to fill us with the real knowledge of His will. Well, we're born again, right? We have the Spirit of God in us, so it's going to be the Spirit of God in us that's going to reveal His will to us. Well, that whole whole aspect of knowing the will of God about uh, yielding to and relying upon the Holy Spirit in our lives it's kind of lost in the church. You know, the church is kind of uncomfortable with relying upon the supernatural aspect of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we much prefer things that we can see with our eyes and measure with our hands and, and count, you know, with our minds. Uh, we prefer things that's, that can be approved and confirmed in the natural realm. And the only problem with that is that's not how the Lord designed it. You know, He, as the head of the church, designed uh, the church, the people in the church, to have the Spirit of God in us. He said that he would put his law, right, his law in our hearts. Uh, So we have the law of God in us everywhere that we go. Uh, And so that should be the life of the Christian, that we live a supernatural life in all that we do. Uh, And we, we have the capacity, the potential to know the will of God in every aspect of our life. Every step we take, every decision we make, we have the capacity and the right and the privilege from the Lord to be filled with the knowledge of that will in order to know exactly what we should do Uh, now that would be pretty handy if we could do that wouldn't you wouldn't it be good if you always knew the will of God and always executed the will of God well what can you know that well the word of God right there says that we can know the will of God amen Uh, and so uh, the other aspect of the will of God that's important is when he reveals that to you whatever that will is and and some things they're really really big things you know you've got to move to another country, or you've got to sell what you have and, and fly to the moon, you know, whatever the big things are. But there's lots of little things that, that uh, the will of God is in our lives, about who to speak to and when to say something, when not to say something, uh, what to do, whether you should go right or go left. You know, a lot of, a lot of uh, lives that we live in this natural world, you know, they're just kind of, we just do the same thing and over and over. We get up, we eat, we go to work, we, we get done with the work, we come home, we eat dinner, we, you know, Maybe watch a little TV and go to bed and rinse and repeat. And, you know, so a lot of our lives are just kind of routine lives. Nothing wrong with that. That's part of that's part of the world. Right. Uh, And so uh, but there are oftentimes when in the middle of the day, in the middle of a moment, the Lord will speak to us and do something. And so how do we know? How do we know when he speaks to us? Right. And and of course, we've taught about how to be led by the spirit of God. And and I don't want to go down that rabbit path uh, today. That's a whole rabbit path all by itself. Uh, but just real quick, turn over to uh, uh, Romans chapter 8, and we'll look at one verse here that, uh, that is helpful to us in this. Because when he says he's going to fill us with the real knowledge of, our w- of his will, then how do we know? What does it look like? What does it sound like? And, and you know, when I got born again, I was born again when I was 15. Uh, you know, we didn't grow up in church. You've probably heard my story many times. Uh, we didn't grow up in church. Uh, we were Catholic by name only. And by the fact that we had 11 children, right, That's, we were good Catholics, right? We had 11 kids. You know, if you're good Catholics, you have a lot of kids. Uh, and so, and by law, as a Catholic, you have to have at least a dozen crucifixes in your house. And we, we pretty much had crucifixes everywhere. I don't really know why we had, you know, why do you have crucifixes? Is Jesus on the cross anymore? Yeah. He's not there anymore. So, you know, why are you looking at that, right? The, uh, and so, but anyway, we had them, right? And we used to have this one thing. Uh, it was like a picture of, of the face of Jesus, but it was like a, like a, like a uh, uh, well, it was really hard to explain. It's like a negative face, right? So when you move, they would kind of move with you. And it was really creepy and weird, you know. Uh, and so, uh, but I remember it, you know. It's like, wow, if you move, it looks like it moves with you. So, uh, but um, I should see if, if uh, they, they sell those on eBay anymore. But, um, uh, but anyway, so uh, I didn't know the Lord. We didn't, we didn't go to church or anything. But I, but I always talked to the Lord growing up and uh, would fellowship with him and pray and and, um, uh, spend time with him Uh, and uh, always desired to know him. And so one day I was walking through the living room and there was a TV show on Sunday morning. Uh, And most of the time, you know, we would watch, uh, you know, really important uh, uh, good cultural shows like the Three Stooges, right? That's usually what we watched on Sunday morning just before wrestling, right? Of course, wrestling is 100% real, right? All this stuff's real, you know, and so, um, but... um, uh, but somewhere in between there, every now and then, they, they have a gospel show or something. And so one fella said, here's how to get saved. Here's how to accept the Lord Jesus. Uh, and so I, I went up to my bedroom, and I accepted the Lord Jesus. Well, I can do that. You know, you accept Jesus in your heart, and you get saved, you know. Uh, so you know, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask the Lord who that was. i don't go thank them for, for that message, that one message there on that Sunday morning. Uh, and then, uh, so I didn't know anything about God. I didn't know anything about the Bible. I never read the Bible. We used to have a, a little uh, like a bedtime storybook. You know, it's was a bedtime story book, So I'd read them. And the only one I remember is about this little boy that was, was dying and an angel appeared to him, and talked to him, you know, and then he, of course, he didn't die, right? It's after that. So it wasn't a very happy bedtime story, but you know, <laughs> he saw an angel. So I thought, well, you know, that's all right. So uh, and that's all I remember. That's the only knowledge I had of the Lord. So after I got saved and I started reading the word and uh, and I got saved, started going to a charismatic church, and they started talking about this Holy Spirit. And now I knew about God the Father, right, because you kind of know God the Father and, and uh, Jesus, of course, you know, the crucifixes, we knew about Jesus, right? But I didn't really know anything about the Holy Spirit, and it was, really, it was a really uh, distant thing for me. I, I didn't understand how it worked, and, uh, and um, you know, you, you, were, you were required uh, in the charismatic church to speak with other tongues, and, and so not really, but uh, but so they would teach about that, and so I didn't know about it, what it was, and uh, but I wanted to learn, so I was learning about how to do it. And every now and then, someone comes and say, Hey, do you speak with other tongues yet? No, well, let me pray for you. Well, I'm not quite ready yet, you know. Well, let me pray for you anyway. Shut up, let me pray for you. And so they lay hands on me, you know, forcibly, and uh, and um, you know, nothing happened because. It wasn't that I was in doubt. It was just I had no knowledge of it. You know, there's some people, they don't, it doesn't matter, right? Holy Spirit, yeah, I'll take it. And, and they just get it easy. I'm not that way, right? I'm just, I plod along. I kind of, you know, you haven't noticed I plod along or anything, right? Yeah, you know, I just plod along and, and, and uh, it's not that I, that I need proof. It's just I needed information. What was the Holy Spirit? What did he look like? What color was he? How big was he? What, is he, what does he do? Right? How does this work? Uh, I didn't know anything about that. Didn't know, have you think about you're someone that it's, you know, came from a from, uh, you know, some third world country that, that knows nothing about the gospel. And you start talking about Jesus. They will look at you like, what are you talking about? You know, if all they've ever heard is Allah, uh, they, they wouldn't know what you're talking about. You know, in our country, you know, for the most part, people know about Jesus every now and then they don't. But uh, for the most part, people know about Jesus. But uh, but the Holy Spirit was really odd. So uh, over the years, then, I did eventually get uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, spoke with other tongues, and, and then I started realizing how important and valuable the Spirit of God is in our lives. That, that if He can fill us with a real knowledge of His will, that's the Spirit of God speaking to us. That's the life of the Christian. We have such a, a benefit as a Christian, as, a, as Spirit-filled Christians, to go in our lives and not wander through our lives from one catastrophe to the next catastrophe. You know, people just, it's life, their lives are always turmoil every day, Right? Something exploding or, or just, you know, uh, just the car blows up or their tires go flat or the dog eats the cat or the, you know, the, the cat is found stealing, you know, uh, stuff from other people. I mean, whatever it is, it's always drama. Uh, and you don't have to live that way. The Spirit of God on the inside of you can show you here's the path of peace. Here's a path of fullness of joy every day. Amen. And he said that so Colossians said that we can be filled with, with the real knowledge of his will. And then here in, in Romans chapter 8, of course, the whole whole chapter of Romans chapter 8 is such a great chapter, you know, we can we can wall around there for a long time. But the one verse I wanted to read particularly is in verse 16, where it says, the Spirit itself, or really it should say the Spirit himself, bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So this is really a good verse, because this verse kind of gives us some insight about how does the Lord speak to us, right? People say, well, God spoke to me, but, you know, and I say that on occasion, but I don't necessarily mean that... There was an audible voice, you know, that I heard a voice. It's just, uh, it's a knowing many times. It's a witness on the inside of you. Well, how do you know you're saved? Well, it says right there that the reason why we know we're saved is that he bears witness with our spirit. Uh, and, and you just you just know on the inside of you that you're saved. And that's, that's the majority of the way that he's going to lead the average Christian is through a witness of the spirit. You're going to know on the inside of you that this is the right path. Well, how do you know that's right? Because... He gave you a witness. There's a witness on the inside of you. That, that, so that's the majority of the way that he's going to lead you. It's not going to be in spectacular where he appears in the sky or a burning bush or uh, you hear an audible voice. Those are rare, if not many times. Uh, you may never have that experience in your life. He doesn't promise us those spirits, but he does promise us that we will have a witness in our hearts about things. Uh, and so if we have that promise, then that's what we should lean our faith towards. Lord, I'm going to be filled with the knowledge of your will. And as long as I'm sincere, and that's really the key is if you're sincere to follow the will of God, if you desire to follow the will of God, he will hook up with you and will give you a witness about what you should do. So if you don't know what to do, then, of course, we talked about James chapter one, about uh, getting wisdom. Uh, We we talked about Colossians one nine. We talked about James chapter four, about, you know, asking what you should do. You know, people say, I'm going to go in the city and buy and sell. And he said, you should have asked the Lord, you know, if it's your will to do that. Uh, and so there's nothing inherently uh, unethical or, or wrong to go into a city and buy and sell. But is that what God wants you to do? Uh, because all of us are here on this earth only for really for one primary purpose, to advance his kingdom. Everything else is secondary, right? Our careers are wonderful. We enjoy them. We enjoy the people and we enjoy the finances and the stability uh, of a career. Uh, and I've had careers in, in over the years. and uh, That's not why I'm here, though. I'm here to advance his kingdom. Amen. Uh, even when I was working as an engineer, I was there to advance His kingdom. That doesn't mean I preached to everybody, uh, but a lot of it was was uh, uh, being a witness to those around me. A lot of it was was uh, providing funds for my family to to be able to live on the earth, right, and also to provide funds for the work of God. So uh, there's you know it, there's nothing wrong with that, but we should always keep an eye towards uh, the goal of life, which is to advance His kingdom. Amen. So. Uh, how do we know the will of God? Well, we'll know the will of God because you're going to fill us, fill us with the will of God, with the knowledge of his will, with a witness. Here's what I want you to do. And so you pray. And, and a lot of times uh, as we pray, uh, when I'm praying, for, if I don't know, I'll just start speaking. Well, Lord, do you want me to do this? And then the, when I say that, on the inside of me, it'd be like, no, that's not, that didn't sound right. You know, uh, you ever, you ever done that? Well, you know, you're going to do this and then you have this kind of, uh, not an uneasiness, but just, you know, like a check, then your spirit man says, don't, don't do that. So it's not a voice, you know, but it, but it is, he is speaking to you in that. And, and really, part of the reason why he does it that way, because that requires the most faith in your part. So he's always going to elevate faith, and always going to prioritize faith. So uh, he will bear witness with you that what you're doing is his will. Amen. Uh, and so that's how we know his will. And sometimes you have to spend some time in prayer to get that, to be filled with that, right? Because Paul said, I pray right, that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will. So prayer oftentimes is what precedes your ability to be filled with the knowledge of that will. Uh, and, and so if you're not praying, then you're probably not knowing the will of God for much of your life. So we should spend time in prayer. Um, and, and when I go to prayer, if I don't know the will of God, I always go to Colossians 1.9 and Ephesians 5.17, James chapter 1, James chapter 4. I go out to all those verses and, and I say, Lord... You said I could be filled with the knowledge of your will. I don't know what to do here, but you said I could be filled, so I'm, I'm believing that you're going to show me what to do, what I should do in this particular case. And until you show me, I'm not going to do anything. Uh, and, and one of the things that we get ourselves in trouble with a lot of times is in our lives, oftentimes, there, there can be tor- turmoil. Uh, you ever been in turmoil emotionally, right? Uh, you're angry or you're bitter, you're mad, you're, you know, you're hurt or whatever it is. Uh, and I've been in situations like that. I'll, I have visited them. I have lived in them. And, but I'll never go back, right? Uh, once you figure out how to get out of them, you'll never go back. Uh, but, you know, I know what it's like to be there. And, and in those seasons, I would talk to the Lord and say, Lord, if you told me right now to make a change from what I'm doing right now, I said, I'm not going to do it. So until I get my emotions in order and I can hear you clearly, I'm not changing anything. Because a lot of times what happens, people get in so much trouble in their lives because they're in turmoil, and so they just start changing everything. They'll leave their job, they'll leave their spouse, they'll leave their church, they'll leave their city, they'll leave their family, they'll leave whatever it is. They keep trying the to changing things, hoping that that fixes their problem. Uh, but the problem is usually on the inside. Fix you, fix you on the inside to get to where you're, you're stable and full of grace and the peace of God, and then you'll be able to hear clearly. Uh, and I've seen so many people shipwreck their lives. They, they, they quit a job. And you know, I remember years ago, there was a fellow, he was running the sound. In fact, he was running the sound for Brother Hagan. He was running sound and, and his wife was one of the, the, uh, the singers there on the team. And they travel over the country and, uh, and just great people. They came to my pastor's church when we were there and helped us with some things and, and uh, just awesome people. Uh, well, one day they decided, you know, they don't—they're going to go do their own thing. They're going to leave Brother Hagen's ministry and go do their own thing. And they went and told Brother Hagen. He said, Brother Hagen, we believe God's telling us to go do this. And and of course, you know, if you ever know anything about Brother Hagen or anybody that's uh, that has a little bit of wisdom, you know, their responsibility is like, okay. Now, are they going to correct them? Are they going to tell them? Well, no, because if you come to me and say God told me to do this, you know, unless it's just you're going to die or something horrible, and the Lord just says you've got to say something, I'd be like, okay. I mean, if you tell me God told you, then okay. I mean, because am I God? Am I greater than God? Uh, even if I believe you were wrong, I, there's no way I would tell you because number one, I am not your Holy Spirit. Because if, if I was to tell you that's wrong, then, then I would say, well, my Holy Spirit's better than your Holy Spirit, right? Now, you know, on occasion, I've had people tell me, well, God told me to do this, and just kind of it rose up, my, well, that that ain't God. <laughs> uh, you know, they tell me, to, you know, they lie or cheat or steal or whatever. Well, that ain't God. You know, how is that God, right? Sometimes yeah, uh, it's unfortunate that even in the church, we will drop the name of, of Jesus or drop the name of the Holy Spirit in order to justify our, our actions, which are not godly, right? It's unfortunate, but it happens. You ever seen it happen? I know none of y'all did, not because y'all perfect, but we know people, we've read about people who do stuff like that, right? That will use the name of God to, to hide uh, things that are not right. I've had plenty of people come to me and say, well, God told me this about you. I'm thinking, that's funny. He didn't tell me that about me. Why would he tell you that about me? Uh, Is is God a gossip? I mean, I I I try to listen to God on a regular basis, right? I mean, I'm just really a dud, you know. Surely he would have told me that major thing in my life, right? Uh, And, of course, they were just saying that they were saying that God told them that about me because that way they could just, you know, be unkind towards me and hide under the name of God. Well, that's a terrible thing, and that happens more in the charismatic Pentecostal churches than it does anywhere else, I believe, and it's unfortunate. It's an unfortunate side effect of the spiritual walk with God, but I'm not going to let that keep me from pursuing the spiritual aspect of God because that's not God anyway, so uh, it's unfortunate it happens, and it does happen, but, um, uh, but I'm going to follow up with God, so we, so we have the ability to know God's will. On the inside, he's going to fill us with the knowledge of his will. He's not going to fill... The red light or the door or the window or you know, whatever, you know, things we say, he's going to fill us with the knowledge of his will. Uh, and so uh, the only way that's going to work is if you're sincerely desiring to know his will. Uh, and that's really uh, where the, the conflict arises in most people. It's not that that um, God doesn't want to show them. It's that when he shows them, they don't want to do it. Uh, and and you know after a while if every time god says i need you to do this and your answer is always no you know after a while he's just going to go back to the beginning and say well i still need you to do this uh, you know he's not going to keep on you know doing other things he'll just you know uh, the bible talks about having our conscience seared our conscience is the voice of our spirit uh, and if every time god tries to tell you no or tries to tell you to do something and you say no then your conscience or your ability to hear from heaven is diminished, right? You ever seen a seared conscience? You ever seen scar tissue, right? That's what a seared conscience is—a scar tissue, right? So scar tissue keeps the blood from flowing the way it's supposed to and be fresh and clean. You know, it's kind of hard and crusty and and difficult to to move. And well, that's scar tissue, right? And and so you know, people have a lot of uh, scar tissue with surgeries, and and that's always a concern for the doctors because. Blood doesn't flow like it's supposed to when, when you have scar tissue. And, and the words of heaven don't flow like they're supposed to when you have a, a seared conscience. Uh, now, he's still speaking, but until, until you're willing to hear, uh, that scar tissue there from a seared conscience will hinder your ability to hear. So it's not, it's not anything on God's side. He hasn't forsaken you. He hasn't quit showing you. It's the, seer, the searing of your own conscience. And the only, the only correction to that is repentance and spending time back with the Lord and saying, Lord, I'll be willing to do... Whatever it is that you asked me to do, uh, and so in that let's turn over to um, to Matthew chapter sixteen. so we had started here, I think last week we got uh, we're in t- uh, verse twenty four and so Jesus is talking here uh. He says in verse, uh, in verse 24, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And we talked about what your cross is, which is just your responsibilities, right? Whatever God wants you to do, that's your cross. So it's not a burden. It's not a, a difficult burden. It's a burden in the sense that it's a responsibility. But he said his yoke is easy, and his burden was light. So uh, your cross is whatever he's called you to do. He has not called you to be a martyr. That was his job, amen? So our cross is whatever he's asked us to do. Uh, and it, when he says deny himself... That's, that uh, uh, means that when those times come, and they will come to all of us, when what you want to do is in conflict with what God wants you to do. Amen. You ever, you ever wanted to do something, and then God wants you to do something else? Well, that's conflict, right? So uh, when you're in perfect agreement with the Lord, then you don't need to deny yourself because you're in agreement with the Lord. Amen. So why would you deny yourself? Well, I can't do that. Well, the Lord wants you to do that. Well, I'm going to do that, but I'm not going to do it because I want to do it. Well, that doesn't make any sense, right? Start getting in crazy talk. So uh, he's a deny yourself, but it, it's only necessary when what you want to do is, is in conflict with what God wants you to do. Well, Lord, I don't want to go talk to them, mm-hmm. but I want you to go talk to them. Right? You ever, you, Lord, ever showed you to do something and, and um, you don't want to do it? Well, I've been there many times. Amen. And Lord, I don't want to do that. Why would I want to do that? Right. Why would I want to go, go have somebody treat me poorly? Right. But if he if he wants you to do it, then see, then you've got to deny yourself. And Lord, then I'll do that. Uh, and I'll do what you want me to do. Amen? Didn't Jesus, we talked about Matthew 26, I remember, he had to go through that process there of denying himself, right? Not as, as my will, but what? As thy will be done. So, you know, there was a time when what Jesus wanted to do was in conflict uh, with what God wanted him to do. Uh, and so no sin yet. The sin doesn't occur until you decide, okay, then I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do what I wanted to do. Now it's a problem, right? It's not a problem with, well, I want to do this, and God wants me to do that. That's normal life. The issue comes in: what are you going to decide to do? Right? It's when you make a decision. So Jesus, of course, made the right decision. Uh, and then he said uh, in verse twenty-five: For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of His Father with His angels, and there shall and then. He shall reward every man according to his works. So we're going to be rewarded by following the will of God. Amen. The works that we're supposed to do are the works that God has asked us to do. So uh, but I wanted to to just mention a little bit here about what he says uh, in verse 26. What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? So uh, this word soul here, we know that in the scriptures that uh, um, that the Bible makes a distinction between soul and spirit, right? Some people say there's no distinction, but there is a big distinction, right? The soul is uh, primarily your mind, your will, and your emotions. It's the psychological aspect of your life, right? Uh, It's the mental aspect, the uh, intelligent aspect of your life. Your spirit man is a part of you that's born again, that's made in, in, in the image and likeness of God. It's the place where the Spirit of God resides and dwells in you. So when he says soul here, he specifically meant uh, your soul, right, uh, your, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Uh, and he said, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? So I wanted to, to go and read, let's turn over to Luke chapter 12, because uh, I want to give you a little bit more insight into this, uh, what Jesus was saying here by looking at Luke chapter 12, and then we'll, we'll cover it up here. Uh, we'll get it um, explained here, what the Lord wants us to show us. Uh, He says here in Luke chapter 12 and verse 16, uh, he says, And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will put down my barns and build greater, and there I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, "Thou fool! This night thy soul is required of thee. Then who shall those things be, which thou hast provided?" So, notice in this case, how many times did he say, "I"? Right. I mean, we—I we, didn't count them, but what shall I do? Because I do this. This will I do. I will do this. I will bestow. I will say. Uh, so, uh, who's he thinking about right here? He's thinking about himself. Amen. What's the root cause of every every? Uh, Problem that's ever been known to mankind. Selfishness, right? It's always selfishness, right? It's always thinking about ourself. It is the root cause of every problem. It's the root cause of every problem in the marriage. Every root cause of every sin that you've ever done. Every root cause of every sin that's ever been committed in the earth. Uh, even all the way back to, uh, to uh, Lucifer, right? Selfishness. Thinking about self. I will exalt my throne above the throne of the most high God. So uh, selfishness is always the root of every problem that humanity has ever dealt with. Uh, and uh, we should be aware of that. Amen. So Jesus said uh, from Matthew, he said, uh, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul, right? Or lose his soul. Uh, so when he was talking about the soul, so what does that mean, right? What does that mean? Well, if you go, if you just take a person that's not in the church, it's not part of, of the church of Lord Jesus. Uh, and uh, they live all this life on the earth and then they die. And if they've never accepted the Lord Jesus, where will they go? They will go to hell, right? Uh, they will go into the place of the damned and, and spend all eternity there. Did God send them send them there? Yeah. God didn't send them there. Uh, uh, they had a, a free opportunity all the days of their life to accept the Lord Jesus. And I believe every man, woman, and child in the earth will have that opportunity before they breathe their last breath on the earth. Uh, and so uh, none of them will be without excuse. Uh, and so... Because God's merciful God, right? He will somehow get the point across. In fact, Romans says that even the nature declares that there's a God in heaven. Uh, and so, so but, he said, but he specifically is talking about the lose their soul, not lose their spirit, but lose their soul. So uh, when, you, when you die, uh, and if you die outside of the Lord Jesus, uh, do you still have a soul and a spirit? Uh, that's, a, that's a technical question right there. What's the right answer, right? So we won't ask for a poll there. You do have a soul and spirit. You're always going to have a soul and spirit. Never not going to have a soul and a spirit. Uh, And uh, someday we will get glorified bodies. Right. But uh, once we uh, between now and then, when we die, we are separated from our physical bodies. Amen. But what's separated from our physical bodies is our soul and spirit. So your soul and spirit will always go together uh, wherever you go. So if you if you die and go to heaven, then your soul and spirit goes to heaven. Right. Because you're your soul is your mind your will and your emotions are you going to have a will when you get to heaven we get to choose to worship jesus we choose to walk on streets of gold Will you choose to go visit abraham or whoever right go visit your grandparents or whoever you went on to the lord before you uh, sure you will right you'll make a choice to do those things we make a choice to cast your crowns of of, uh, of glory before the lord and worship him with your uh, crowns of glory the crowns of life sure you will uh, and so so you're always going to have a will uh, for all eternity, amen? And that's really, that, that is what distinguishes mankind from every other animal in the kingdom is we have a free choice. We get to make choices, amen? And it's, it's, it's an interesting, you, we're, I mean, that's a whole rabbit path in itself. We can go way down rabbit hole in there. But it's interesting how much the church tries to attack the fact that you have a choice. The church, right? You don't have a choice. You know, some things you don't have a choice about. Uh, and, and, of course, the whole, the whole premise of things like the homosexual lifestyle is all based upon the lie that you don't have a choice. Well, you were born that way. No, you have a choice, right? Uh, you can choose to be involved with it. You can choose to not be involved with it. You can choose to be involved with it for a season and choose not to be involved with it. Plenty of people have chosen to stop being involved with it, right? Uh, and so uh, any doctrine that says you don't have a choice is bad doctrine when, of course, there's all kinds of huge uh, movements of the church that God is sovereign and we have no choice in the matter. Uh, we have no choice whether to go to heaven or not. God is sovereign. He's already decided. But that's, not, that's just bad doctrine, right? It's not even an interesting doctrine. It's, it's just, it's just you know, a doctrine that somebody who's never read the Bible will come up with. Uh, but there's plenty of people who believe things like that. But Jesus said that w- what profit of the man if he gain the whole world and lose his soul? So if you, if you leave this earth not accepting the Lord Jesus, then you will go to the place of the damned. Now, it's not that you don't have a soul you still have a soul. You still have a mind. You still have a will and you have emotions. But what happens is you now have lost your ability to exercise a free will. Yeah. You think anybody in hell today wants to be in hell today? Yeah. You go read Luke chapter 16, right? But the rich man of Lazarus, right? He said that uh, he lifted up his eyes being in torment. Uh, and he asked for Lazarus to come and dip his finger in water, right? And cool his tongue. Uh, and, you know, he was really hoping for more than that, but he didn't even get that. Uh, so what happens when, when you leave this earth, your will will now be constrained. You will no longer be allowed to exercise your free will. You will be in, in torment, uh, in, uh, bonds and affliction for the rest of eternity. It's a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing to happen, right? And it's such a waste because all you got to do is accept the Lord Jesus. It's not even a hard thing. Accept the Lord Jesus and and, uh, believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, confess him as your Lord. That's it. Two things, right? Uh, but see, the thing is, in, in all of his context here that he's talking about, is uh, when Jesus said, Whosoever will save his life shall lose it. If everything in your life revolves around you, right, if everything in your life revolves around what you want to do, just like the, the, the parable that Jesus said in, in, in the book of Luke, uh, if your whole goal is to protect yourself and to make sure that you're taken care of and that you're number one, you know, i got to watch out for number one. Well, that's. Great, if number one is Jesus, right? And you watch him, But see, uh, you're, not, uh, you're really not number one in your life. You shouldn't be. Uh, Jesus should be number one in your life, amen? So, uh, uh, but the selfishness of that will, will drive us to protect ourselves and to, to do the things that mean the most to us, amen? So Jesus said, what's it, what's it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lose his ability to exercise a free will after he dies? That's what Jesus said there in, in Matthew 16. You know all these all these super smart people that are that are atheists, right? All these super rich people that are atheists. You know they think they somehow they think that because they've got a lot of money or a lot of intelligence they they are important. Until they get in the realm of the spirit, they realize how small they are, right? Uh, and it's unfortunate, amen. Now rich people need need the Lord just like intelligent people need the Lord, and for whatever reason, intelligence and and, and financial. Uh, Increase tends to keep people from pursuing God, right? They think that they're too good for that, or that they're too busy uh, collecting all the whole world and, and gaining the whole world. But Jesus, what what's it what's it what profit is it if you've gained everything and then lose your soul? Because when you die, how much do you leave? Everything, right? I mean, you know, you're gonna take any of it with you. And if you die a rich person and you go to heaven, is God going to be, wow, you're so rich. You know, uh, can I borrow some money? I mean, you know, you're going to get to heaven and you're going to see, you know, a single gate made out of a single pearl. There's nobody on earth that's got a single gate, a a big gate made out of a single pearl. I mean, that'd be a big oyster right there, first of all, right? Uh, But nobody's got that. Nobody walks on streets of gold, right? Nobody's got 12 foundations. Nobody's got an entire city made out of clear gold, transparent gold. Uh, nobody has that, right? They think they're rich, but they're, they're paupers compared to heaven, amen? So uh, so the issue is, Jesus is talking about uh, that you're not lost, and doesn't, you don't cease to have a soul, but you cease to, to be able to exercise your free will. And that's got to be the most constraining thing uh, that, that a person can be in, right? Uh, now, they have a soul. They have a desire to not be in hell. Everybody, I can guarantee you, everybody in hell desires to be out of hell but they no longer are able to execute that free will. And it's the same thing in our society, right? When we incarcerate people, put them in jail, we, we remove their ability to exercise their free will. They still have a free will, but they no longer have the ability to exercise that free will. So, uh, and all of this is uh, because they don't want to do what the Lord wants them to do, right? Uh, and, and in fact, he said that about uh, over in, in Luke chapter 16 or Luke chapter 12 in that parable. Uh, but God said, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? Uh, and so, you know, if, if we would be rich in the things that we do uh, on, in this earth, see, then when we transition over into the, the other kingdom, then it's, an, it's a non-issue for us, right? We just, well, we're, we're used to giving here. We give over there, right? So it's, it's not a big deal. So uh, the great struggle in our lives is what are you going to do with your will? What are you going to do with your desires, right? Are, are your desires uh, lined up with the desires of God for your life? And the happiest that you'll ever be is when, when you get your desires lined up perfectly with the desires of the Lord. People don't think that. Sometimes they don't believe that. It's still true, though. Uh, you will be the, the fullest of joy, have the most uh, uh, joy in your life, the most happiness in your life. When, when you're pursuing with all that you are to do God's will in your life. Uh, and, and I can guarantee you, you will enjoy uh, all of it, except for, you know, on occasion, he'll ask you to go talk to somebody or do something that may make you uncomfortable. But for the most part, you're going to enjoy your life. Um, and, and, and you'll always have fullness of joy because you're living in his perfect will. So how do, how do we get there? Well, we have to, first of all, look at these stories and these stories we just talked about in Matthew 16 and Luke chapter 12 and learn from their mistakes, Right. What profit of the man if he gain the whole world and loses his soul? Uh, what, uh, what's the number one pronoun that we use? Is it always I, 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 I? This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Or is it, Lord, what do you want me to do? So that, uh, And that's really it needs to be our general attitude with the Lord is, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? Where do you want me to go? Uh, and, and then as you spend time in that prayer, see, then he will fill you with the knowledge of his will. And, and I always remind them, Lord, you said you would. You, I, you said you would fill me with the real knowledge of your will, so I, I expect you to do that. And then uh, the, the real key then comes down to what are you going to do when he actually shows you his will? What are you going to do when he says, I want you to, 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 do, to do this? And some, sometimes that may be a shock to you, right? I mean, you'd be like, well, I've never known, but all of a sudden I just feel like I need to do this. It seems like the thing to do, Right. And one of the easiest ways to, first of all, judge if that's God or not, is does it violate any scripture? The Spirit of God will never violate any scripture. Well, he told me to go slash my neighbor's tires. He really told you to do that? Yeah. Have you seen my neighbor? They're just real jerks. You know, I can't stand them, you know, so I'm going to... The Lord told me to go slash your tires. That'll help them. He told you to do that. Yeah. No, he didn't tell you to do that, right? He told me to go steal uh, my neighbor's dog because it's prettier than my dog, right? Have you seen their dog? It's great, you know, or marry my, my neighbor's wife, you know? I mean, wow, what an upgrade, right? Uh, he really told you, oh, yeah, he didn't tell you to do that, right? Because, it, you know, you can get a whole list of scriptures. So uh, the, one of the, if, if you've never been led by the Spirit of God and been filled with, with a real knowledge of his will, one of the easiest ways to learn how to do that is, is to be willing to judge everything you think the Lord has told you and judge it by the Word of God. You know, I don't have to judge it, but just let the Word of God judge it. Does it violate any principle of the Word of God? Does it violate the principle of love? Does it violate any doctrine? You know, uh, well, he told me to go, you know, sleep with my neighbor's wife. You know, did he tell you to do that? He didn't tell you to do that. Right. Because how many scriptures are tell, would tell you that's wrong? A lot of scriptures would tell you that's wrong. Amen. So you've got to be willing to, to uh, hear from heaven, but you've also got to be willing to judge whatever he tells you. And a lot of Christians, I've heard plenty of stories over the years where people say, well, that, well I believe that's what God told me to do anyway. I'm doing it anyway. Well, they'll make a shipwreck of their life. And they, don't, they know God didn't tell them to do it. That's just what they want to do. And so remember what he said, what profit of the man if he gained the whole world and lose his soul? To deny yourself. Right? When what you want to do is in conflict with what God wants you to do or the word of God wants you to do, then you've got to learn to deny, to deny yourself. And until you get to that point where you want to be filled with the knowledge of his will and be willing to do that, See, there's always going to be that conflict in your life. And a lot of Christians live their whole lives in conflict. There's always that tension between them and God. And the tension is there because God's got a plan for all of our lives. He's got great plans for all of us. Every single one of us in, in, on the earth, he's got great things that he wants you to do. Advance his kingdom and do other things, help other people. Great things that he wants all of us to do. But uh, for us, we have to be willing and desires to do that. Uh, and until we get to that point in our, in our lives where, Lord, the most important thing in my life is you and what you want me to do, then the, that conflict will stay there because it, he'll always be like, hey, uh, tomorrow I, I need you to do that. Well, Lord, that's, that's Tuesday. That's golf day. You know, I've got to play golf. You know, I've got 18 holes. I've already got, already got a tee time. Well, I need you to stay home, right? Uh, well, uh, not on Tuesdays, Lord. You know, any other day but Tuesdays. Well, how about Wednesday? Well, not Wednesdays either, right? How about Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Well, most of the time I'm okay, but not this week, Lord. You know, you know what I'm saying? Uh, we always find the reason why not to do the will of God. Uh, and and that, that, so that tension stays there because God's God. You know, he, he's not going to change because we don't want to line up with God. Amen. You know, I'll tell you the story uh, that I, I thought it was interesting about the will of God. Uh, you know, throughout the week, I'll be praying, you know, about the services and things. And, and many times the Lord will show me things uh, to do in that particular service. In fact, uh, you know, we've got to do some things here in, in a little while that he showed me to do in today's service. Uh, and so, but sometimes you say, well, you know, uh, speak to this thing, uh, speak to this person and say these things to them. Okay, Lord, well, yeah, when uh, Sunday comes I'll, you know, at the right time, you know, I, I will uh, say, well, the Lord said this, uh, wants me to say this to you, right? Whatever it is. Uh, and so uh, he did this about this one particular person. And it's like, okay, Lord, I'll, I'll say that. <clears throat> and um, I got the church. They weren't there. And I thought that was really odd because the Lord told me to say this you know, something to him. Right. And and, you know, I mean, I could have missed it, but it wasn't really, you know, I mean, I wasn't thinking about that person. You know, I believe it was the spirit of God telling me that. And so I, I went to, later on after the service. I was talking to the Lord about Him, Lord. I mean, it, you think he didn't know? I thought they were going to be there. Sorry that they didn't show up, you know, but I thought they were going to be there. Was that a surprise to him? Was it a surprise to him? And so the Lord said, you know, why weren't they there? I mean, you know, why did you tell me to tell them something when they weren't there? He said, my will never changes. My will was for them to be at church that day. And they chose not to go. He said, my will doesn't change just because people's will changes. I thought, that's really interesting, right? He's got a will for all of us. How many times have we gone over here and he's got a will over here with blessings over there and prosperity over there and health and, and protection and safety over there. But we're over here because that's where we want to be. Uh, And I just thought that was really odd, you know, and and now look, they came back like within a week or two after that. But see, the unction wasn't there. I still had the the intellectual knowledge of what the Lord told me to tell them, But I didn't have the spiritual unction to tell him. So I couldn't tell them. And so, you know, whatever what now wasn't like life changing. You're going to die tomorrow. You know, Earth's going to open up and eat you or anything like that. But it it would have been a blessing for them to hear what the Lord had to had them to hear. Right. Uh, Had for me to say to them. Uh, And so, you know, the will of God, it doesn't change. And, you know, a lot of times people think, well, I'm going to negotiate. Yeah. And they'll say things like, well, God understands. God understands that, you know, I, I can't do those things. You know, he really doesn't. He's the great God in heaven. Yeah. If he wants you to do things, then he wants you to do things. It's really simple, right? It's not hard to understand. It's not difficult. He wants you to do things because he's God. He has a right to ask us to do whatever he wants us to do. Amen. And I believe there'll be good things and, you know, uh, and there'll always be a blessing in obedience with the Lord. Uh, You know, this a lot of times the church is trying to say, trying to get out of the responsibility of doing the will of God by saying things about God knows, you know, he knows that we can't do all these things. That's not true. You read the word of God. There's never a a, uh, we'll do this. Uh, Remember the man with the talents, right? Lord, I couldn't do that. Did he go? Yeah, you're right. I I put too much on you. Sorry. You know, just give me the talent back. We'll go give it to somebody. No, what did he call him? A wicked servant, right? wicked servant. You want to be called a wicked servant? I don't want to be called, you don't want to be called a wicked servant, you know? That'd be terrible. I mean, that'd be awful, right? Uh, and so uh, he's just, uh, and it's not that he's being uh, um, unreasonable or, or burdensome or heavy laden, right? And he said his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So these things are not beyond our ability to do, but sometimes we have to uh, deny ourselves, right? When our will is in conflict with his will, then we have to Choose to deny ourselves, right? Because I don't want to get in trouble like these two uh, stories here, where everything is about me, and the Lord wants me to do this, and I'm too busy to do that because I've got to, you know, I want to do what I want to do, and I and I can't tell you how many people I've heard say, "Well, I want to do what I want to do." There's no joy in that. They think there's joy in that. There's joy in their flesh, but there's never, there's no real spiritual joy in that. When you when you find, uh, get to a point in your life where Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'll be glad to do that. See, that's when your first step of uh, fullness of joy will come to pass. And 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 I'll tell you uh, one more story, and then and then we've got to we got to do a couple other things here. Um, years ago, uh, Chris and I've been married for a while, so uh, you know, so the context I uh, had a, a spiritual dream from the Lord, and. Um, uh, and uh, like I said, I was already married, but I was I was fixing to get married to somebody else. Uh, it wasn't Chris. It was somebody else. Uh, and uh, and so it, it was the day of the wedding. We were at the church getting ready for the wedding. Uh, and uh, the Lord spoke to me at the wedding in, the, in this dream. The Lord spoke to me, don't marry this person. Uh, and and I started in the dream, I started weeping. Just, you know, I'm not, it's the day of the wedding. Right. He said, don't marry this person. Now, how many people could do that? How many people could just not do that? I, you know, that well, Lord, would we'll just figure it out. We'll fix it, you know. But the Lord said, don't marry that person. And so I, I just, in the dream, I started weeping. And, and I was weeping not because, you know, the Lord was putting me under pressure, but, but uh, I was weeping because I'd already decided, well, Lord, I'm okay. I won't marry them. But then I, my heart was broken for them that, you know, I mean, you know, who wants to get left at the altar, right? But if the Lord says, don't do it, what do you got to do? You can't do it, right? I mean, I'm glad he didn't say that to me or Chris on the day of our wedding, right? Of course, we had already resolved that in prayer. We we knew that it was the will of God for us to get married, uh, but he said, "Don't do it. Don't marry that person." So, uh, just weeping and and, and uh, you know, had to, had to go had to go and turn off the wedding, right? Had to go and cancel the wedding, uh, and then then I woke up. I mean, so it didn't last very long, but I woke up and and the spirit of God spoke to me, and he said. Um, he said, you've taken your first step to walking in my full fullness of will. Uh, because, you know, a, a just normal person before that, I pretty much just, you know, just doing what I like to do, and whatever I wanted to do, and never really gave the thought of what the God wants me to do much in my life. I mean, just big things, yeah, but just little things, you know, and, and um, how I treated people and what I said and where I went and what I did, and just, you know, just kind of normal life, right? Nothing terribly wrong about it, but um, uh, but... I was In that dream, I had consecrated myself to do his will. Uh, and so, you know, what I'd like to do here, just real quick, is I'd like to just spend just a minute in prayer for all of us as a, as a church family and just pray to yourself, you know, you don't have to pray out loud or anything. I mean, you can pray as loud as you want to, it's fine. But uh, I, I would like us all to pray uh, what's called the Prayer of Consecration and Dedication. And that's the prayer that we should all pray on a regular basis. Lord, I consecrate my life to do what you want me to do. Whatever it is that, that you want me to do, uh, Lord, I consecrate myself to do that. Amen. Uh, and, uh, and then uh, we will, as, as time goes forward, we will need to spend time in prayer to find out what that will is. Amen. But the first step to, to doing the will of God is declaring out of our own hearts, Lord, I'm willing to do what you want me to do. Whatever it is that you want me to do. Amen. Say what you want me to say do what you want me to do, you know, whatever it is that you want me to do, then that's what I'll do. And that's called the prayer of consecration and dedication. Uh, and so uh, let's just take a minute and pray and pray that prayer and just do your own self. And you can kind of follow along with me as I pray or you can pray your own self there too. But I think it's just, you know, it's a good thing to do on a regular basis because I pray this prayer on a regular basis for my own, for my own life, amen. Uh, and so let's just pray. So Father, we thank you for your goodness and kindness. And Lord, we thank you that you created uh, the whole earth and the heavens father and the universe you're the creator of all things and father and you've created us you said that you were the father of spirits and lord you said that before the foundation of the world you had a plan for our lives and so father we desire as your children to follow your will and father we ask you that as, uh, that uh, you would fill us with the real knowledge of your will and as you do that father As you reveal your will to us and the things that you want us to say or things that you want us to do or places you want us to go or sometimes things that you don't want us to do. Father, we choose as an act of our will to yield to your spirit and do what you ask us to do, Father, willingly and gladly, Father. Not by coercion, Father, not because we feel bad, but, Father, because we choose to do what you want us to do. And we are glad to do it, Father. And so, Lord, in our individual lives and in the things that we're doing today, right now, Father, if you want us to do that very thing the rest of our lives, Father, uh, to breathe our last breath doing that very thing we're doing today, Father, then we commit ourselves that that's exactly what we'll do. And Father, if you want us to change tomorrow uh, and do something completely different, Father, then we, then we choose to do that very thing. But, Father, we depend upon you to reveal and to show and to fill us, Father, so that it's not a question that we're not wondering, Father, but we are filled with the knowledge of your will. And so we consecrate our lives, Father, to you. We dedicate our lives, Father, to your service. Father, we are here to serve at your request, Father. At your convenience, Father, we are here to serve you. And so, Father, we choose to be vessels of honor. You said in word that we could Uh, be meat for the master's use. Easy to be used, Father. And so, Lord, we want you to, to, uh, when you're looking for somebody to do something or to say something or to go somewhere, Father, we want to be the person that, that you're easiest to talk to, that will be the easiest one to get to do your will in this life. Father, we thank you that there are things that we enjoy and things that uh, we enjoy doing, Father, spending time doing, spending spending time with people or spending time doing certain things. And, and Father, there's nothing wrong with that. But we'll always keep a heart's uh, attitude, Father, that if you need us to change uh, in the moment, Father, then we'll be willing to do that. Father, if there's anything that you you want us to acquire or anything that you want us to, to let go, Father, we commit ourselves to do your will. We consecrate and dedicate our lives to follow you, Father, all the days of our lives. And, Father, we'll not be moved by our emotions. We'll not be moved by natural circumstances, Father. We'll only be moved by the knowledge of your will. And when your will says to go, then we'll go. When your will says to stay, then we'll stay. Father, we dedicate our lives. Our lives are here for just a short amount of time. Compared to eternity, Father, we're here, but just a whisper, Father, just a vapor of time. And so, Father, we'll make the most of our time while we're here on this earth to pursue you, Father, to follow you. And we know, Father, that you're faithful and good and kind. And that as we as we follow you, Father, there's always blessings that come with obedience to you. There's protection. There's health. There's safety, Father. There's advancement. There's great blessings in following your plan and will for our lives. So, Father, we'll do that. And we ask you, Lord, even in the next uh, short period of time in our lives, in the next days and weeks, that you would begin to reveal to us things that we can do right now, things that we can change right now, things that we can stay the same. If we're doing your perfect will, Father, we thank you that you'll encourage us and you'll bear witness with our spirit, Father, that we are following your will. Father, we don't need to lead lead these lives wondering what should we do? Where should we go? Lord, we we can be filled with your will. We can be filled with, with the knowledge of your will. And so Lord, we thank you that you are a man of your word. If you said that we can be, Father, then we shall be. And as you do that, Lord, then we will be faithful to yield to your will. And when our will is in perfect agreement with your will, Father, we thank you for those times. And in those times and seasons, Father, when our will is in conflict with your will, then in those times and seasons, Father, we will have the spiritual strength to, to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow you, Father. So Lord, we thank you. We thank you for a great increase in our lives. We thank you, Father, for great protection in the name of Jesus. And Father, we give you all praise and honor for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God! I need to see uh, Miss Chris uh, real quick if she she'll come out here, and then uh, uh, then also for Jerry. I need, I need to uh, pray for you guys, and then, uh, um, Honor, are you traveling this week? You not traveling this week? All right, well, that's why you weren't on the list, right? So I just I just need to pray for for. Um, I just sent need to pray for Chris and Jerry for traveling mercies. and I mean, Chris travels all the time, so I don't usually have an unction to do that, but I do today, so we're going to pray for her. Amen. And Jerry travels back and forth uh, every week to Dayton from Cookville. So, um, so praise God. Chris, I just need to pray for you. And then, um, uh, where, where did Jerry go? Oh, he, he can't go. Yeah, he's supposed to be over here, too, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we are got to pray for, for you and Mr. Jerry. I just sense when you pray for people traveling this week. And so thank you, Father. He's not traveling this week, so he's off the list today. So, So thank you, Father. Well, Father, we thank you for your goodness and kindness. And Father, we do thank you that you said in your word that you give your angels charge over us to keep us in all of our ways, Father, lest we dash our foot against a stone. And so, Father, we just have a general faith that you always take care of us and protect us and watch over us. But Lord, if there's times when, when you have, uh, give us an unction to pray more, Father, then we'll just do that. We'll pray more, thanking you for your protection and thanking you that you be with us in all that we do and everywhere we go. Uh, and also, Father, as we travel, there may be additional things that you desire us to do on these trips and so father we ask you to to lead us in those things and show us and so father we just thank you for that we thank you for for wisdom understanding father we thank you for complete and total protection father but also for insight and wisdom about anything else extra that you might ask us to do we thank you that you show us those things so father we thank you for for great strength of power father great strength of your angels but also the fullness of your will Father to understand and know exactly what it is that you want us to do Father so Father we'll be aware we'll be attentive Father to your spirit and, and be quick to follow everything that you ask us to do we thank you for that Father in Jesus name thank you Lord And Father we thank you just going back and forth here to there Father that you can't speak and you can reveal Father and so Lord we thank you for those times Lord that that you speak to us and you show us and we will know and so you you said Father you'd fill us to the fullness Father with your will so there's no question what it is is that you desire us to do so Lord I thank you on those journeys Father this week that you'll speak Father And that your angels will go before him, behind him, and be all around him, Father, to protect him in all of his ways, Lord. We thank you for great testimonies of goodness, Father, of you. And we give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Father. And Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to serve you. It's such a blessing to serve the great, most high God of the earth. It's such an honor to serve you, Father. You said we are vessels for the Master's use. So, Father, it's an honor to serve at your request, Father. And we will be faithful to do that. And you, you told your own disciples, Father, that if we give up anything for your sake and the gospel's sake, Father, that you'll bless us both in this life and in the life to come, Father. This life is not supposed to be a life of drudgery. It's supposed to be a life of fullness of joy, Father. And we carry that joy from this natural world right on into heaven, Father, when we arrive in heaven. And so Lord, we thank you for that. We give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? He's good all the time. We appreciate that. Now, I'd encourage you on that prayer of consecration and dedication. Uh, pray that on a, on a pretty consistent basis. Amen. Uh, That's probably been one of the greatest things that has allowed my life to be stable is, Lord, just whatever you want me to do. Uh, Instead of just changing things up all the time, you know, uh, just hoping that something will change or get better, it's easier just to follow God's will. Amen. Uh, And it's a whole lot cheaper and it's a whole lot uh, more joy in it. Amen. Uh, And so let's get ready to receive this morning's tithes and offerings. And we appreciate your giving. Amen. Lord, it's prospered us in my faith uh, for you all, always is that God prospers you. As you give, then then he will do what he said he would do. Amen. With good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Now, that's my faith for my personal life, but it's also my faith uh, for your lives. Amen. Uh, and so, Jared, come ahead and receive the offering. Don't forget, uh, we have today at 3 o'clock, we have Healing School. And, um, <clears throat> uh, and then, of course, uh, Brother Randy will be with us here in just a few weeks. And then after Brother Randy, then... Uh, we order all of our dynamite, right, for the sanctuary. And so uh, I think it'd be fun. I mean, I think it'd be great. uh, uh, It'd be interesting to see. I'm kind of excited to see what's all the scary stuff up in the attic that's going to fall down on us, you know. (laughs) I mean, that stuff's been up there. This building's uh, nearly 100 years old, right? It was built in the 30s. I mean, you know, uh, I think I said Jimmy Hoffa's probably up there, right? I mean, who knows, right? It's a lot of stuff up there. So um, I have been up there a few times, and, and it's a little scary up there, so... Uh, but all is well, right? We'll get it in. in and when it's all done, right, it'll, be, it'll all be fine. Amen. Well, be blessed. Have a wonderful week, the Lord, and you're dismissed.